gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, to another edition of the my two cents podcast hosted by g2 i am g2 i want to ask how are you how are you i hope you guys have had a great week some of you uh some of your children went back to school this week some of you guys are still on your uh breaks and you guys are still picking out your kids school supplies because i saw some of that when i had to go out this past week i do want to ask how are you i hope you guys are enjoying uh, the time that you have with your children before they go back. And if they went back this week, I hope your children had a good first week, official week, back at school. Because certain people, children, went this is like their second official week. But I digress. I just wanted to say I hope everybody had a great week. That was it. Now, before I get to today's topics, I want to get on to the National Food Days of the Week. Today being August the 13th, it is Filet Mignon Day. Tomorrow, August 14th, it is Creamsicle Day. August the 15th, it is Lemon Meringue Pie Day. August 16th, it is Bratwurst Day as well as Rum Day, so please drink responsibly. August 17th, it is Vanilla Custard Day. August 18th, it is Pinot Noir Day as well as Ice Cream Pie Day, so again, please drink responsibly. And then on August 19th, to round it out, we have Potato Day. Hot and Spicy Food Day, as well as Soft Serve Ice Cream Day. Now, with the National Food Day topic out of the week, I do want to ask this one question to everyone. It revolves around food. And on Twitter, I'm not going to call it X, it still just sounds real weird. So, Twitter. um, Somebody posted up a tweet and they gave you six options, but two of them you have to throw away forever. The six options were slushies, cookies, donuts, cakes, brownies, and ice cream cone. Whenever that ice cream cone thing happened, I think he just really just meant ice cream, so I took that as that. But even if he meant ice cream cone, whatever the case may be. Those are your six options. You have to throw away two forever. And my two that I say I can get rid of are slushies and brownies. And I did it like this. If you put the best of the best ice cream against the best of the best brownie, cake, donut, cookies, slushies, Slushies, I think, will be automatically tossed out the window because there's nothing but just ice with uh, sugary syrup on it. And to be honest, I think you can just throw that just completely out there. Uh, Brownies, I said that can go. And the reason why I said that is this. Cake and ice cream works. The cake will soak up the liquid from your melted ice cream the same way that a brownie would, but it will just not be as thick as a brownie is. A brownie is nothing but straight up just chocolate, just compressed into a freaking square or whatever you want to put it into their shape or molding. But you get my point. Brownie is nothing but a big, thick, like, bar. And some of them, you have uh, brownies that are peanut butter, chocolatey, all this other type of stuff. But I don't think a brownie, the best brownie, can top the best donut, top the best cookie, top the best cake, or even ice cream, to be honest. So... A brownie and slushy can get out of here. And I asked my brother this exact same question, and he gave me the exact same response. Slushies and brownies, they can go. So ask yourself that. The six choices are slushies, cookies, donuts, cakes, brownies, ice cream cone. 
if you had to get rid of two, what would you do? What's your two and what's your reason? That's just my little question to throw out there. Now, with that out of the way, let's get to the topics for today's episode. Now, to start us off with the news, first thing I want to do is give my well wishes and my condolences to the families and people that live in Hawaii. Um, This past week, fires started in Hawaii and it caused a big devastation over there. There were people that lost homes, uh, businesses. I mean, just just lost everything thanks to these fires and even loved ones right now. Um, The toll death at the moment of this recording is 67, but there's going to be more as the time is going to progress because they're still going to try to find bodies. They're still trying to find people probably that's underneath the wreckage of uh, the destruction that happened this past week because of the fires. So first and foremost, I want to give uh, my love and condolences to the people out there that lost everything over there in the fires that happened this past week in Hawaii. Um, I had to look up something and I did find this out technically. The causes of the fire which started on Tuesday night have not yet been determined. However, the National Weather Service has issued warnings for the Hawaiian Islands for high winds and dry weather conditions ripped for wildfires, which it canceled late Wednesday. Now, people were concerned about why were there no sirens warned. Nobody knew about anything. Uh, Warning sirens were not activated during Maui's deadly wildfires, the Hawaiian Emergency Services administration said today neither maui nor h-i-e-m-a activated warning sirens on maui during the wildfire incident the agency said but three other alert systems were implemented alerts were sent by mobile devices radio and television and the country's opt-in resident alert system the agency said the sirens are used to alert the public to seek additional information they do not necessarily indicate an evacuation emergency officials said now i don't like that i think that whenever things are going awry agencies and government should admit when they did screw up and f up and they are kind of said that they did do it but they're trying to cover up their tails by saying that three other alert systems were implemented by sending out alerts to the phones radios and television here's my deal certain people have their phone on do not disturb or just volume is just off sounds are off Certain people don't listen to the radio and certain people have their television on mute or some people just don't use their TVs like that. And if they do, they have like the uh, Fire Stick or um, Apple TV where you just go to apps and you will not get no weather alert on your television if you don't have regular cable. That's when you'll get those type of uh, weather alerts. But when you have a siren and you know that a siren is supposed to be going off and you know that fires are happening, you're supposed to ring off a siren. The Maui government, they screwed up on that. They screwed up on not having sirens alerted off so the people can AO leave your homes or AO try to pack as much crap as you can and try to evacuate from your homes or wherever may have you with the fires coming to your area, to your location. So I feel that the people that were in control the Maui government, they screwed up of not alerting the sirens and even their people have stated that out in media outlets. They feel that they were not prepared, they were not alerted, and they blame the government for that. Now moving over to a brighter side, if you will, there have been celebrities that came out the woodwork that have 
pledged and they are making efforts to help out families that were impacted by the fires in Hawaii. Uh, Jeff Bezos and his fiance would pledge that they are going to give $100 million to the recovery in the fiance's uh, Instagram post. She would put up, Jeff and I are heartbroken by what's happening in Maui. We're thinking of all the families that have lost so much and the community that has been left devastated. The immediate needs are important and so is the longer term rebuilding that will have to happen even after much of the attention has subsided. Jeff and I are creating a Maui fund and are dedicating $100 million to help Maui get back on its feet now and over the coming years as the continuing needs reveal themselves. Now, Jeff Bezos wasn't the only celebrity, Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather would help out by uh, flying 68 families from Maui to Honolulu and have provided them with hotel rooms for several weeks with food and clothing. Then you have Oprah Winfrey. She would come down to Hawaii to give up her some of her time to go to the shelters, talk to the people, give out some toiletries and other items to the people in the shelters. I mean, you just had just people trying to help out as much as they technically can. I like that Floyd, he gave uh, family some hotel rooms. I like that. I like that Jeff Bezos is giving $100 million for a uh, foundation to try to help out for years to come in the rebuilding of people's lives that basically lost everything. And now you got foundations that celebrities are donating to, to again, help out people that have lost everything down there in Hawaii, thanks to these fires that happened in Maui. So again, I do like to see that. I do like to see uh, the community come together. I like to see that the world come together to try to help out individuals that lost things because of a natural disaster like this. So again, I want to say my heart and well wishes are to the people that lost everything to these fires in Hawaii. Now, moving away from the fires, I want to talk about Florida. Florida, you guys have had a real interesting uh, week. This week, you guys had the Mega Millions winner, uh, the winner that won $1.5 billion. Congratulations to whoever won that. I will suggest you probably want to keep your name shut, pay whatever money you got to do to keep yourself anonymous, and then enjoy that money Well, after you pay Uncle Sam and the government because they're thugging you out of your money. Um, secondly, also in Florida this past week, it was reported that the mayor of Tampa, Jane Coster, her brother, her son, and his girlfriend spotted a package layered with bricks of cocaine bobbing in the water on July 23rd when they went out fishing. So they found 70 pounds of cocaine. Yeah, cocaine. I don't understand again. I understand they're close to uh, the Dominican Republic, the islands, all that kind of crap. Florida, I get it. That's where people get their coke and all that crap from. You can do that stuff over there as a party lifestyle down there in Florida. However, come on, dog. I would at least thought you would at least be smart by this because I did not know this, but that mayor, she knew exactly what that was thanks to her years of time of narcotics training as an ex-cop so she knew immediately what blow was she knew exactly what those packages was and apparently those packages all together came out to 1.1 million dollars so yeah whoever coke that was you guys just lost 1.1 million dollars in what july the end of july you guys were dumb you guys got to be smarter than this you guys can't just be throwing things into the water now anymore. You guys can't be doing those type of things. You guys think of got to think of 
better ways to outmaneuver uh, cops and authorities if you want to sell or distribute your drugs here. You guys got to be smarter than that. I'm not a drug dealer. However, this year just seems to be a bad time if you are a drug dealer because you guys are constantly getting popped. Your materials, your items are constantly getting popped left and right. South Carolina, they had people trafficking items and drugs. I mean, they got popped constantly. There was a time that I was reporting that literally week by week. Uh, Florida, you guys got popped here. California, they got popped. People are getting popped left and right. So if you are a drug dealer, you guys got to be smarter than what you guys previously did. You guys got to be smarter than that now. So hopefully you guys will get smart. If not, prepare to constantly lose more uh, materials and products. Now, moving over away from Florida's behavior, I want to talk about Georgia and an incident that happened in Georgia. As this comes from NBC News, a Georgia doctor decapitated baby during delivery, according to lawsuit. The parents' attorneys also accused the hospital in Riverdale of trying to cover up the decapitation by discouraging the couple from getting an autopsy. A doctor used too much force and decapitated a Georgia woman's baby during delivery, according to a lawsuit, attorney said was filed Wednesday. The baby's mother and father, Jessica Rose and Trayvon Isaiah Taylor Sr. attended a news conference in Atlanta where their attorneys announced the lawsuit against Dr. Tracy St. Julian and Southern Regional Medical Center, a hospital in Riverdale, Georgia, where Ross went on July 9th to have her son. Riverdale is about 13 miles south of Atlanta. They were so excited about the birth of their first child, said attorney Corey Lynch. Unfortunately, their dreams and hopes turned into nightmares that was covered up by Southern Regional Medical Center. According to the lawsuit, the baby got stuck during delivery, but Tracy delayed a surgical procedure and failed to seek help quickly. Instead, she applied ridiculously excessive force on the baby's head and neck to try to deliver it, attorney Roderick Edmond who was also a physician, would say. Roughly three hours passed before Tracy took Ross for a C-section, according to the suit, but then a fetal monitor had stopped registering a heartbeat. The C-section removed the baby's legs and body, but the head was delivered vaginally, according to Edmund. The couple asked for a C-section earlier when the baby still could have survived, but were denied, Edmund said. He said the case highlighted the higher risk of infant and maternal mortality for black women. Ross and Taylor did not speak at Wednesday's news conference. Their attorneys also accused Southern regional staff of trying to cover up the decapitation by discouraging the couple from getting an autopsy, encouraging them to have their son cremated and wrapping and propping his body to make it appear the head was still attached. The suit also alleges gross negligence, fraud, and intentional infliction of emotional distress. It seeks unspecific punitive damages. Now, before I give my opinion on this, first and foremost, Jessica Ross and Trayvon Isaiah Taylor Sr., I do give out my condolences for you guys losing a child. I do want to say that anybody that is young, like these two are, 20 and 21 losing a baby that's going to be devastating to them hopefully they'll be able to bounce back from that and try for another kid whenever they feel ready for it but right now it's not the time for that at least i don't think 
they want to hear that right now. So, again, first and foremost, uh, my condolences to you guys for your uh, loss. And now I want to give my opinion on this. I think that a doctor not wanting to get help on a problem means that they should not be a doctor. Means that their ego got the best of them in this situation. But in this situation, it costs the life of a small child. Now, this is all me going off of what has been alleged in the suit. If the baby was stuck, why didn't you ask for people's help? Why are you going to try to grab a baby by the head instead of trying to grab it by the body? Now, again, this is just all me alleging this because they said the baby was decapitated. So that means that in my brain, you're grabbing the baby by the head and you're just pulling. Have a grown person grab another grown person by the head and just start yanking them by their head. You're going to be feeling all these things moving, the head moving and then the neck moving. And to a point, if you pull on it too much, you could snap a person's neck. You could even just like give them a stinger and make them like hold their head in this position. I mean, a lot of things can go wrong as a human holding on to another human's head and just start yanking it. Now, with a baby, you are dealing with an entity that's like marshmallow a baby is soft they are tender you cannot hold them up anyway i mean if you just happens to put too much strength in how you hold them you can just bruise them in that moment that's why when you hold them you got to hold them up a specific type of way you got to easily just pick them up you can't just quickly yank them up you got to be gentle with a baby and i would think a baby doctor or a doctor that's supposedly getting a baby out of somebody's vaginal area, you would know this. That's kind of part of your deal. And for Dr. Tracy Julian over here not to have that, I don't understand why. I don't understand why she didn't perform a C-section. The only way you'll ever find that out is if she talks to her attorney and the attorney will give a statement out about why the doctor couldn't have did a C-section at that time or what may have you. I don't know these things. I don't know. I just know that a mother and a father lost their kid, lost a son in a delivery room. And then they were handed the kid back, not crying, not nothing. The kid was dead. It was gone. And now the parents are suing. The parents would rather have their kid right now instead of be dealing with this unnecessary garbage i guarantee that's what the parents will want right now but no that has been stripped away from them because of a doctor from the lawsuit says that she didn't want to ask for help she didn't feel the need to do that and then it was too late for the c-section so now a mother and father lost their kid and again my prayers go out to them because even though they're young this is going to hurt it's going to take some time for them both to recover. And again, I do hope that they do recover. And if they do want to try again for another kid, they do so. So I'll keep in touch with the situation at hand with this. What's going to come of this lawsuit and everything else. And whenever I get the conclusion or whenever the conclusion comes out, I will bring it back to this podcast. But again, hearts and prayers to the mother and father that lost their son. 
Now moving away from that topic, on to the next, as it's come from The Guardian, as the title would read, FBI's killing of a Utah man prompts questions from neighbors. A clear picture is emerging of the 75-year-old Utah man shot dead by the FBI after they tried to serve a search warrant hours before Joe Biden arrived in the state on a re-election campaign swing. But questions are also being asked as to whether Craig Robertson was a credible threat as the FBI claims or as neighbors in Prove Utah have described two local media as a man harboring anti-government views who walked with a cane and liked to bluster and tell big stories, especially on social media. Robinson had posted threats against the president, including asking whether Utah would become famous as the place a sniper took out Biden, the Marxist. He also urged Utah residents to fire their guns into the air when Air Force One arrived, the Deseret News reported. Late last month, Robinson posted a message, Hey FBI, you still monitoring my social media? Checking so I can be sure to have a loaded gun handy in case you drop by again. On August 6th, three days before Biden's visit, according to a 37-page federal complaint, Robinson posted, I hear Biden is coming to Utah, digging out my old gullet suit and cleaning the dust off the M24 sniper rifle. The legal complaint alleged interstate threats, threats against the president, and influencing, impeding, and retaliating against federal law enforcement officers by threat. Robertson represented a willful true threat to kill or cause injury to President Biden. CBS News reported it was told by law enforcement that the man had engaged FBI agents in a gunfire when they attempted to serve a warrant. A neighbor told the Deseret News that he witnessed several unmarked vehicles blocked the street early on Wednesday and heard agents shout, Craig Robinson, please come out with your hands up before flash grenades were heard. The neighbor Cooper Robinson said he then heard shouting and some yelling. I couldn't pick up what they were saying, but at some point I did hear five shots fired. All right, cool. Here's my deal. I personally just want to make this personally known. You cannot be making threats to any presidential candidate or any president or any type of politician on social media. You can't do that because once you do that, you become a part of their list. List of people that they have to look after whenever a certain politician that is coming around. That's just the facts. You can't be saying that you want to do this or asking stupid questions like that that might have some repercussions on it for you to ask whether Utah will become famous as a place a sniper took out Biden, the Marxist? Come on, dog. What are we doing? You can't be doing it. You are 75 years old. You know better. You're old. And certain people might say, well, Joe, he's old. He's kind of going to downhill of things. Okay, but you don't know. You know better. You know right from wrong. You don't put that on social media. You just don't do it. You don't. Because, again, you know what's going on. And he knew that the FBI was watching him. He knew that. He said late last month, I'll read it to you again. He posted a message. Hey, FBI, you still monitoring my social media? Checking so I can be sure to have a loaded gun handy in case you drop by again. So he knew he was being monitored. So he did not care about his life. I'm just going to be point blank blunt. You don't care about your life and start poking and prodding the government, poking and prodding FBI. 
People have disappeared completely without no trace, and we always wonder where they are. What's up with them? You think that's a coincidence? I think not. I think something has to deal with them probably taunting certain people that they know they're not supposed to be taunting, and the FBI is one of them. If you have people pulling up to your home in unmarked vehicles, shouting out to you, hey, blah, 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 come out with your hands up, Come on, dog. That is some other level of something that the government don't play, meaning that. That's all it is. The government don't play. And this old man knew it. He was ready to go. If I'm just going to be honest with you, I think he was ready to go. I think he was bored out of his mind. and He was like, all right, I'm ready to go. And truly, I think that's exactly what happened. I think he was ready to go. If he wasn't, I don't understand why somebody in his life didn't take his social media away from him. And see that that was going to be his downfall. Because that was his downfall. Posting things on social media about a certain politician, a certain president, the current president. And he was ready to go with the consequences. And this is the consequences. So let it be a lesson to anybody and everybody out there. If you don't like a politician, do not say something about killing the politician on a podcast, a YouTube video, or even on a tweet or Instagram or whatever social media site you're on because FBI they are always watching something about you posting something will always catch their radar and then you will be on their list of people to watch out for so again don't post nothing up about wanting to kill a politician or someone of that government standard because you will be on that list of people to look after now on to something that happened in California as it's come from Associated Press, California judge who's charged with murder text court staff that he shot his wife, prosecutors would say. A Southern California judge accused of killing his wife during an argument while drunk texted his court clerk and bailiff afterwards to say he shot her, prosecutors said Friday, as they charged him with murder. A court filing from prosecutors said Orange County Superior Court Judge Jeffrey Ferguson texted minutes after last week's killing. I just lost it. I just shot my wife. I won't be in tomorrow. I will be in custody. I'm so sorry. Ferguson is free on $1 million bail, but prosecutors said they're seeking new bond conditions to protect public safety and ensure he doesn't flee after authorities found 47 weapons, including the pistol used in the shooting and more than 26,000 rounds of ammunition at his home. The weapons are legally owned, but a rifle registered in his name is still missing, they said. The shooting happened after Ferguson and his wife, Cheryl Ferguson, were arguing at a restaurant on August the 3rd. The court document says the wife said something to the effect of, why don't you pull a real gun at me? And he pulled from a pistol from his ankle holster and shot her in the chest. Their adult son called 911 and said his father had been drinking too much and shot his mother, the document says. Jeffrey Ferguson also called 911 to vaguely report the shooting. When asked if he shot his wife, he said he didn't want to talk about it at that time and she needed paramedics. When officers arrived, Ferguson smelled of alcohol and told them, Oh man, I can't believe I did this, according to the document. Now, he was arrested at his home. He was later released a day later and is still set to be arraigned on September the 1st. So there we have it here. I think he did it. He admitted it. But I think some type of lawyer is going to say that he was did it under intoxication. So you can't really take his word for gospel for that. 
listen, you already got the smoking mirror. Not even smoking mirror. You already got the smoking gun. You guys know it. If he texted his clerk and the bailiff that he shot her, his time is up. It's done. We know what time it is. It's over. What are we doing here? But again, they're going to use it and say that he was drunk testing. You can't really say that. You can't really take his word for everything. I cool. I get it. Again, these are lawyer games. This is all this type of stuff type of games. I don't like the games. Whenever you have a slam dunk in your possession, it's over, bro. It's over. People that are usually drunk usually tell how they truly feel, at least some of them. Certain people might say, well, when people are drunk, people just like to be mean or some people like to be too handsy. There's different uh, effects for different people whenever they're drunk. However, whenever you are inebriated, people will say that you are more loose with the tongue. So I feel that he was loose with the tongue. He was loose with his emotions and he ended up telling straight up, yo, I did that. I did this, but right now we still have to use the word allegedly because he's not found guilty or nothing. He's being arraigned on September 1st, but I just don't like all the lawyer games. I don't like these uh, games that people be playing. You got the smoking gun. You have everything, but again, a lawyer's going to say he was drunk, so they're going to reverse out of it and fix it. But for you to really shoot your wife after she says you need to pull a real gun on me, why don't you pull a real gun on me? And you pull it out of your ankle holster and you just shoot her in the chest. Dog, you are a wild dude. Even though you're 62, you're wild, man. And for you guys to have 47 weapons and more than 26,000 rounds of ammunition, that's crazy. That's crazy work, man. I don't know what you guys were saving up for. Did you guys were holding weapons for buddies, other family members? I have no idea, but just 47 weapons just alone that's crazy bro that's crazy but hey i don't know what it is i don't know that whole feeling to just have a weapon in your home like that and not unless just to have 47 dude that's crazy but we'll see we'll see what happens what comes along with this uh issue with the judge is he going to be found guilty is he not is he going to take a plea deal i don't know but we'll wait and see whenever it gets covered more now, sticking with court news, but this time we're going over into the celebrity field here. Um, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed. Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, the rust armorer who was in charge of the weapons, or at least that was part of her job to be in charge of the weapons on the movie set Rust. Uh, she has pled not guilty for the onset death or being in connection with the onset death of Helena Hutchins. Um, she has a court set date for in between December 6th and the 15th with jury selection being on December 5th. I don't know what type of plea deal they're going to try to give her. I think they should try to give her a plea deal and whatever it is. I think her attorney should try to get it low as much as he can. Because again, a gun went off that was under her supervision. When it's your job as the armorer, your weapons, you're supposed to look after those type of things. That's part of your job. So I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to go down, but I'm going to be paying attention to this because this one is going to have a lot of people basically keeping their eye on it because whenever you think of Alec Baldwin now, you think of Rust. You think of what happened with this woman. That will 
forever be the situation when you think of Rust. You will always think of uh, Helena Hutchins. You will think of the misfortune that happened to her. But now, with the armorer now having a date set for her trial, again, prepare for more uh, news to come out about that. And I think we're probably going to go into a, uh, if I were to bet some money on it, I think we're going to get a plea deal out of it. I think she's going to let the trial go on for a certain amount of days, and then she's going to try to get a plea trial, not plea trial, but a plea, and she's going to plead out to it and take that, and then ta-da. That's what I think is going to happen, but we'll wait and see. Now moving from Miss Reed, now over to Tory Lanez. Tory Lanez this past week, he was sentenced to 10 years in prison. He was found guilty of all three charges the prosecutors have brought against him, which was assault with a firearm, illegal possession of a firearm, and neglect discharge of a gun for shooting the victim. Tory Lane spoke for several minutes at Tuesday's hearings. He described the victim as his friend, someone I still care for deeply to this day, regardless of her feelings about him. He talked about bonding with her over the loss of their mother's Megan, she did not show up in court, but she did write out a written statement saying for once the defendant must be forced to face the full consequences of his heinous attacks, well, heinous actions and face consequences. So, Tory Lanez, he's now going to be serving 10 years in prison, but I don't think he's serving the whole full 10 years, if I'm going to be completely honest. If I were to place a bet, I'd probably say he probably will serve about a good five or less. I think he's going to do half of his time or even less than that, because I think his lawyers are going to try to find out a way, making appeals to it, or whatever may have you, but he's not doing a whole full 10. But that's what happened now with Tory Lanez, and you still got people on the internet saying that he should be free, he didn't do this, and you still got people that was riding with Megan that said that he did this, he shot a woman. Hey, whatever decided to finish you on, that's your belief. Cool with that. I just know I'm just going to be waiting to see what's going to happen, but if they're sticking with 10. I don't think he's going to do the full 10. That's just my full belief on that. I don't think Tory Lanez is sticking with the full 10. Not at all. Now, moving away from Tory Lanez, going over to ASAP Rocky and Rihanna. It has been reported, according to Media Takeout, Rihanna and ASAP Rocky have welcomed their second child, and it was published on August 9th, 2023. So let's just say they gave she gave birth to their baby this week, and apparently it's a girl. So, Rihanna and ASAP Rocky now have a boy and a girl. Congratulations to uh, Rihanna and ASAP Rocky. Now, moving away from ASAP Rocky and Rihanna, I want to talk about something that kind of got me perplexed a little bit uh, this past week on social media. I was brought an article about some person named Little Tay. I didn't know who this person was until I asked my sister, did they know who Little Tay was? And she said, yeah, I know who... This person was, and I said, well, she's dead. She said, oh. And then, a day later, come to find out this uh, little Tay isn't dead. She would put it out and say, I want to make it clear, my brother and I are safe and alive, but I'm completely heartbroken and struggling to find the right words to say. Tay told TMZ on Thursday. It's been a very traumatic well, traumatizing 24 hours and all day yesterday. I was bombarded with endless heartbreaking and tearful phone calls from loved ones all while trying to sort out this mess. She said her Instagram account was compromised by a third party 
and it was used to spread jarring misinformation and rumors regarding me to the point that even my name was wrong. Alright, so cool. So this girl and her brother are alive and well, and they basically got hacked, quote-unquote, or compromised by a third party. Now, the question that I have about this is that, why would someone want to put little Tay as being dead, her and her brother dying? It doesn't make sense to me. They don't have that much clout, I think, in my head. I could be incredibly wrong. Again, I don't keep up with TikTok and all these little uh, social media people doing whatever they're doing. She could probably be big. I don't know, but I don't understand why they will put her as dead. I don't understand what the uh, thing would be for them to write that. I don't get it, me personally. Um, I don't get why people would write up, this person's dead and this and that, and blah, blah, blah. I don't get that. What's the, what's the need for that? Why would you want to put that out there? Why would you have that be a thing? I don't understand it. There's been celebrities that get told or uh, articles out there that say that they're dead. I don't understand who made these articles up by saying that a certain celebrity's dead. I don't get it. I don't get what the person gets. I don't know if it gets their jollies off, their rocks off. I don't know what a person gets from that. Somebody has explained to me, what are you getting? What are you getting from saying that a celebrity is dead or this person's dead? What are you truly getting from it? I don't know. Maybe someone will understand it. Maybe someone will know better than me. I don't know. I don't. I just wish that type of crap would end because you're only hurting people out there. You're causing a lot of grief. You're causing a lot of people with mass hysteria. And yeah, a lot of people are not going to understand why somebody would say that someone's dead and they're not. It doesn't make any sense to anyone. But more time will come to pass. Hopefully it doesn't uh, continue with this. Hopefully this type of crap will cease to end. But we'll have to wait and see with that one. Next up, Undisputed. It has been reported that Rachel Nichols will join FS1 uh, Undisputed as a panelist alongside Richard Sherman and rapper Lil Wayne. These people will be taking in from time to time to be joining in with Skip Bayless. And they're going to be basically just doing what uh first take has done first take has a revolving seat of guests popping in to debate basically with uh Stephen A Smith so Skip Bayless decided to take that approach and he's having that Richard Sherman I have a feeling he's going to be on when NFL season is around and NFL season is coming up within what the next couple of weeks and I'm not talking about this pregame stuff I'm talking about the actual we get locked and loaded now we're out there playing game time type of playing football. I think Richard Sherman and Skip Bayless, I think they're going to have a good time. And I think a lot of viewers are going to want to see that because there is a infamous uh, viral clip of whenever Richard Sherman was on first tank with Skip Bayless was on it. And him and Skip Bayless got back and forth with each other. So just to see Richard Sherman, who has a past history of this is Skip Bayless now being a co-worker of Skip Bayless is going to be for entertainment TV. Uh, people are going to want to be paying attention to Lil Wayne because, well, Lil Wayne is Lil Wayne, and if he talks on the show, I think people are going to be really interested to see what type of knowledge he knows about sports, and people are going to be wanting to see what Lil Wayne is going to be talking about. Does he know? Does he not know? 
what type of insight he can give in to being a celebrity that has friends with athletes, all that type of stuff. And it's just going to be a real interesting dynamic. And if Little Wayne's on Undisputed, I think Little Wayne could be the like opening gate for getting a lot of other uh, rappers as well on these sports shows, sports talk shows, and having their own shows on these type of uh, company networks like FS1. So I see that Little Wayne's probably going to bring some of his buddies up there. And yeah, I think FS1 is going to become a black show. I'm going to be completely honest, but we'll wait and see with that. We already had uh, Shannon Sharp who added black elements on the show, Undisputed, but I think now we'll add a little Wayne on there. I think you're going to uh, add more black shows, well, more black feelings onto the show to make it deemable to be a black show. That's at least what I'm thinking. But we'll have to wait and see with that when the actual show actually does uh, debut with this new season coming around, but I can't wait to see it. I know I'm going to check out the first couple episodes, and if I do miss it, I know somebody on uh, social media is going to snap the clips that people want to see that they should be seeing off of Undisputed with this uh, new direction that they're going. So, again, congratulations to Richard Sherman, Lil Wayne, Rachel Nichols, and Skip Bayless for all jumping back on their feet, and hopefully they can get Undisputed right and on the way. Now, before I get you guys out of here, I will be remiss if I didn't say happy birthday to hip-hop. Hip-hop, the genre, is now 50 years old this past weekend. Matter of fact, not just this weekend. This past week, hip-hop has been celebrated from your ABC to your Entertainment Tonight to your... Uh, even, like, they're having concerts in New York to celebrate hip-hop. So I want to say happy birthday to the genre of hip-hop. And I hope that hip-hop continues to grow further along it actually reaches more global dominance and actually just be on commercial like you have some of the hip-hop artists now just being on commercials for deodorant some chips commercial some uh, drink commercial that shows you how far hip-hop has touched but I want us to touch more things I want us to actually grab the world by a chokehold and just squeeze the life out of it because we make everything better hip-hop brings a lot of things that the world thinks that they don't need until we do it and they realize how cool we do it and then it becomes the thing for everybody to do whether it's our fashion whether it's the hair whether it's just the way that people uh say their words as i said hip-hop the genre it has really influenced not just america but the whole entire world and i feel that hip-hop needs to further along and keep putting the pressure on people's necks and just squeeze the life out of it. Again, not uh, malicely, but just so hip-hop can get the full appreciation that it deserves. And speaking about hip-hop, I want to talk about Vince Staples. He is a rapper, and he had an interview. I'm not certain if this is a new interview or old interview, but this clip went around on social media, and I found this incredibly relatable. You never seen like maybe one of your homies is in one of the rooms like doing some stupid thing I let niggas come to my house. <laughs> I like you, bro. You funny. You a good dude. <laughs> no homies come to the crib. <laughs> Corey, you hear this thing? <laughs> no friends come to the crib. <laughs> what? Nobody. No. Do they even know where you live? No. Who does know where you live? My mama only. And Corey and Court. And no one else. So we're talking. And my sister. Four. Yeah. 
No more than five people know where you live. Why would they know where I live at? I am not Puff Daddy. We're not throwing no parties. Maybe to come by for the holidays. Holiday. The gift though. I just told no, you about the kidding. holidays. I, nah, we're not doing none of that. So nobody ever has been to your house before? For what? What are we going to do? Spend some time. I don't want to spend no time with nobody. Cook, maybe? You think I'm cooking for niggas? You have a good heart. You be doing that? No, 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 no. Nah, you Not me. Nah, I you dad be don't that? be, no. You a good dude, I swear bro. I don't be doing that. No, but like, you know, maybe you have a, how about, how about a, a, a female friend? Maybe they come by the house? What happened when you don't talk to them no more? Then they got your address, and now it's four niggas in a Prius sitting in the alley. See, we lived a different life. I'm trying to let you know. I No, no. No, that address oh. don't change. I see you at the Nobu. And that, ladies and gentlemen, tells you the reason why I like Vince Staples. Vince Staples is a real introverted type guy. He doesn't want people at his house. The only people that will know to be at his house are his family. That's it. I appreciate that. I think a lot of people need to keep that in mind instead of just letting weird and random people just come to your house. You don't need that. You don't need that at all. You need just your core people, and that's about it. Even though people might say, what about your significant other? Nope. Because just as he said, what happened when you guys break up? Now she knows where you live. And you don't know who your significant ex, well, your significant one is until you break up with them or until you've been around them long enough that you start seeing the real person. And somebody might be a little bit cuckoo. They might do something to your belongings just because they know where you live now. And you're no longer with them. So, again, let that advice be for what it is for the people that need it. But for me... That's the reason why I like Vince Staples. That's an artist that I will continuously support. And now, having said all of that, it's time for me to get you guys out of here. I want to thank all the podcast sites that I'm on. I want to thank them because without those podcast sites, I won't be able to get this podcast out to you, the listeners. So I want to thank you guys, the listeners, as well. Because every single week, I see who downloads it, and it really, really warms my heart. I thank you very much because you guys could be doing anything else in the world, but you guys are deciding to listen to me. I thank you. Now... With all that being said, always remember. I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. This is not a gimmick. I do love you all. I appreciate every single one of you. I really do mean that from the bottom of my heart. Always remember that my inbox is open if you want to email me and talk to me. It's there. And also, I do have episodes coming out, as usual. I have Saturday's episode, if you last watch professional wrestling, I talk about that there. And on my Wednesday's episode, I talk about anything and everything that I want to talk about for a good 10 to 15 minutes before I get you guys out with the song of the week. So, there you have that. And always remember, next Sunday, I will be coming back here with current events that happen throughout the rest of the globe, and I'll bring it to you guys here. Now, having said that, this has been My Two Cents Podcast, presented by G2. He is I, I am him. I love you all. This isn't goodbye. This is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again. And remember to have a safe week. Please don't be a dick. Please be courteous to everyone because you have no idea who or what someone is dealing with throughout the rest of the week. So please try to be on your best behavior, not just for yourself, but for the world around you. Now, with that being said, Kanye, could you please take these people home? I'm tired. You tired. Uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.